I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Where To Go. I'm James Atkinson, Brand Manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Elspeth Vedas, Project Editor at DKI Witness. And uh, welcome to this week's guest host, uh, Elspeth. Uh, so some of our listeners may have uh, heard you previously on our sort of 2021 and, and our ride specials. Um, uh, but here you are like uh, to talk about all things South Africa um, on co-hosting duty. Thanks. It's good to be back and to be co-hosting with you. It's great to have you on board uh, once again. And uh, so today, um, as I sort of mentioned just there, we're, we're going to uh, go to travel to South Africa. And whether you're hoping to catch a glimpse of nature's most majestic animals, get an adrenaline fix scaling the heights of Table Mountain, or simply soak up the summer, summer sunshine with a glass of world-class wine, South Africa has a lot to offer. So to guide us through this incredible country is Johannesburg base Jabulile Nguenya, writer, travel guide, and all-round African travel expert. So hello, Jabu. Hi, Elspeth. Hi, Jabu. Hi, James. Hey, lovely to have you join us. Um, very, very excited to hear about all things South Africa. Um, so we'll start off by finding out a little bit about what the country is like normally pre-pandemic. After that, we'll hear about the impact of COVID-19 on everyday life. And then we'll finish off by hearing a little bit about what the future holds for visitors to South Africa. So for context, we're recording this in mid-May 2021, where South Africa is currently unlocking after a third wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. However, initial optimism stemming from the various COVID-19 vaccination programmes around the world still abounds, and we personally hope that international travel may return there at some point soon. So to kick things off, we're going to ask Jabu to tell us what South Africa is normally like and how it was pre-pandemic and what makes it such an interesting place for travellers. South Africa is obviously such a huge and diverse country. So where do you start if you've never been before? Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> big, quick, is, big question. Start a, good, <laughs> a good question and it's a very, very big question. Um, as you say, it is diverse. So... I, I, being Johannesburg biased, would say start off with Johannesburg because mm. Johannesburg is the heartbeat of South Africa. Um, there's culture, there's food, there's people, there's languages. Um, there's an electricity when you are traveling in Johannesburg. But I know a lot of people prefer to go to Cape Town and then come back to Johannesburg. Mm -hmm. And Cape Town is very different from the rest of the country. In fact, we have 
a running joke within South Africa, among South Africans, that Cape Town is actually not part of South Africa. So we call it another country altogether because it is very different. Um, I remember whenever I would go to Cape Town, uh, get on the plane, and there's this electricity as you leave Johannesburg. But the moment you land in Cape Town, the moment the wheels touch down, it changes. Everything just changes. It becomes Mm. slower and quieter. And that for me was always very strange. And I like Cape Town for that because it has lots of natural beauty and people love it for that. Um, But definitely, I would say start with Johannesburg. Cool. I mean, uh, like Cape Town is in a very different part of the country, isn't it, I guess? And it's on that kind of um, uh, sort of uh, on the sort of Atlantic side of the coast as as well, right? Yeah, it's right at the bottom. So I think people, the Cape Townians definitely feel like um, they have their own country. And, you know, funny enough, there is a I think there's a petition going at the moment that they want to separate Cape Town from the rest of the country. Because they oh, really? just feel they're doing so much better than the rest of us. But, you know, you, you experience so many different things whenever you're in South Africa. You can be in Johannesburg and you'll experience all 11 official languages. You go to Cape Town and you'll experience English, Afrikaans, and Kosa. And that's what you'll experience there, just those three languages. And, I mean, you go to Durban, you experience uh, Zulu and English. So it's very different all over the country. It depends on what you want, you know. And I definitely think, you know, think about what you want and then just pinpoint where you would want to go based on exactly what you're looking for. So so leading into your kind of bias, and you talked about Johannesburg as being the kind of heartbeat um, of the country. Like, um, uh, what makes it so special for you? Okay, well, the thing is, I didn't grow up in Johannesburg. Mm. I was born in Johannesburg. I was born in Soweto. But I grew up in Zimbabwe, the neighboring country. Mm -hmm. And I spent about, excuse me, about 16 years in Zimbabwe. And the reason we were there was because of apartheid happening at the time. And my Mm. parents felt that Zimbabwe was the best place for my sister and I to grow up. So after high school, um, I moved to Johannesburg because my parents felt we should go to university here in South Africa because mm-hmm. they thought it would be much better. I came to Johannesburg and I was totally blown by the people and the vibrancy and the electricity and the magic that was happening. You know, when you when you walk on the streets of Johannesburg, something is always happening. You know, someone is always trying to stop you or talk to you or you witness something. Um, You know, I was just thinking about this incident that I saw today on TikTok. And it was about this guy who got up in a restaurant and he starts screaming in Isizulu and he's screaming and he's saying, who made this? Who made this food? And he's pointing to his plate. He's like, who made this? Who made this? And everyone is staring at him and they're all wondering, what is he going to say? And he's, he's so loud And then eventually what happens is the manager comes to him and the manager quietly asks him, what's wrong? And he goes, oh, no, I just wanted to tell you, this food is so good. And I was that is Johannesburg. That that is Johannesburg. It describes it all at once. So that's what I love about Johannesburg. And and since I, I mean, I studied in Cape Town Mm. uh, for university. I was there for about three years. And it was fun. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. You've got the most glorious sunset and the best beaches. But then you come here and you just feel like there's a story every single moment. 
That's so cool. Yeah. And anyone who's like kind of never been to Johannesburg before, where where would you kind of start? What would you say you have to kind of, uh, what neighborhoods do you have to like kind of immerse yourself in? Um, Soweto is really huge. A lot of people want to go to Soweto when they come to Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely say go to Soweto. But I, what I would want them against is do not just be the tourist that sits in the bus yes. and looks out at all the people and, you know, have someone tell you, oh, you know what, this is where Nelson Mandela lived or this is where Hector Peterson died. Don't do that. You know, your best bet would be to find a local person in Johannesburg and go with them to Soweto so that you can get out of your car, so that you can mm-hmm. walk mm-hmm. in the street. And trust me, nothing is going to happen. I think the largest or the biggest misconception is that something's going to happen to you when you go into the township. Mm-hmm. But more than... If you were, say, in Santon or Bryanston, one of the more affluent areas, you'll find in Soweto that people don't really care about whether you're there or not because they're used to so many tourists coming into the area. And they're very friendly. Everyone wants to welcome you into their home. I mean, the one thing that I've always wanted to do for people who do visit is go to a wedding. You know, you'll have more fun there than being on a, you know, on a tourist bus, you know, go to a party, go to a birthday party, go to a street party. Do you know what happens in Soweto is when you go there, they literally block the entire street with tents and you just have like the entire street is closed off and everyone is having a funeral and you have no choice. You cannot go to your neighbors and say to them, oh, you know what, actually, you're blocking my part of the road I need to get out. Mm -hmm. Nope, they will not allow that. They don't care. And the thing is, what's nice about it is you as the neighbor also understand what they're going through because you're going to do the exact same thing, Mm -hmm. you know. So that's what I love about it is definitely go to Soweto. But you know what, don't do it as a tourist just wanting to look in. Do it as a tourist that wants to be part of whatever is happening there. Mm-hmm. And then another place I would say go to, oh my Lord, there's so many. Um, <laughs> Parkhurst is another place that I love. I love Parkhurst. It's a very arty, trendy kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of restaurants, a lot of art galleries, lots of clothing shops. And it's so nice because people just sit on the sidewalk, have coffee, have breakfast, have brunch. It's a great place if you want to just have brunch and hang out with your girls or boys, whatever it is. And there's people who sell their wares on the side of the road as well. And that's really cool. You know, there's, there's, you can go to um, the Walter Susulu Botanical Gardens. That's also really cool. People go there, they chill. I mean, like right now, people would be chilling. They go hiking, they hang out with their dogs and their family and their children. So there's always something happening within the city. Cool. And it is, it's, it's open 24-7, except right now we are in lockdown, so everything shuts down at midnight. What would make it into some of your favorite trips to kind of take out, out, of, out of Johannesburg, what, what, um, especially when it comes to some of the sort of natural wonders of South Africa, Any, anywhere in the country? All right, I, I just want to preface this by saying that um, a couple of years ago, um, I had a mentor, his name was Pat Hopkins, and he invited me on a trip. After I did my travel writing course with South African tourism, he invited me on a trip around South Africa. Mm -hmm. So it was a road trip and we packed the car, we got in and we had no idea how many days we would be going. And we were gone when we counted after we came back to Johannesburg, we were gone for 46 days. Oh, wow. And we traveled the entire periphery of South Africa. 
And so when you talk about the natural wonders, and I mean, we visited so many, and the big one for most tourists and what they hear about is definitely Table Mountain. Yes. Because of the views that you get from that mountain and, of course, the natural diversity that's there. I mean, Table Mountain is everything. People love it. But I, again, I'm going to be biased, and I'm going to say that there's other things to experience in South Africa. Ukasamba, mm-hmm. uh, Drakensberg Mountains. That's a huge one for me. I went there. That was a birthday present given to me uh, by my mentor as well. Um, I remember we went there, and we went hiking for the whole morning. And as we were walking, it was my birthday present, and it was the day of my birthday, and we're hiking, and we're walking. And he says to me, as we look out into the expanse of this beautiful place. And he says to me, um, did you know that this is the inspiration for J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, Lord of the Rings? And I said, no, that's not true. And he's like, it is true. And that's how amazing it actually is. Um, and he was a heavy smoker. And I remember when he couldn't even hike at the time. He was struggling so hard <laughs> to hike. Because he would stop every few seconds and he would be coughing. But it was worth it. I mean, it took us hours, but it was so worth it. And that is definitely a place I say people should experience. You know, the Otter Trail, that's another one. Um, takes five days. It's strenuous, but you should definitely do it. Uh, you know, Tsitsikama, the, you know, Tsitsikama National Park. This is along the Garden Route. This is in the Western Cape. That was so beautiful. I, we were staying on a lodge right at the, the beachfront. And I remember we would literally just sit out on the, um, on the deck and these waves would come rushing at us and we'd feel the spray of those waves hit on us. So, I mean, there's so much to experience in this country. The beaches, uh, the forests of Neisner, that's also something you definitely want to experience. But you know, the, the most beautiful thing, and honestly, I know a lot of people come here, they get into the country and then they get on planes and they, mm-hmm. you know, they get on a plane and they go to where they need to go to. But I would say, you know, if you land in Johannesburg or if you land in Cape Town or Durban, get a car, rent a car and just see where you want to go. There will always be someone to help you. There will always be a restaurant, even if it's just a tiny little place that just sells, um, you know, burgers and pies and Coca-Cola. That's enough because the experience of being on the road is the most beautiful thing about traveling within the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can totally imagine that. And Elspeth, you've kind of worked on the uh, the DK South Africa guide, right? And uh, and must have like written, a, well, edited a couple of those itineraries and stuff that kind of take you around there. Yeah, right? definitely. This is, yeah, they. I mean, South Africa is amazing because it just seems to have a little bit of everything. Because I think there's desert there as well, right? Yeah. Yes, there is. Yes, there's the uh, Kalahari Desert. Yes. Yeah. So you can like really see all landscapes in just one visit incredible exactly you can see absolutely everything i mean you're talking about the desert there's the green kalahari the green kalahari is where um Tualu, private game reserve is situated mm-hmm. and that is it's a very luxurious place so if you have a lot of money then that's a place that you definitely <laughs> need to be at um but it's so fantastic you know it's it's actually one of my uh 
greatest memories. I enjoyed going on safari there. And um, what was really special about that is I remember seeing the little meerkats. I hadn't seen meerkats anywhere else. And I saw them at this uh, game reserve. And it's it was just so beautiful. But then you also have the dry Kalahari, where you get the lions, the black-maned lions. And also... Um, Oh Lord, when I think about the time that I, uh, we actually, <laughs> when we went there and we were in a car, we were driving and I remember the temperature gauge in the car read, uh, 45 degrees oh, outside. Wow. And I sat in the car and we were supposed to be taking pictures. So Patty's saying to me, we need to get out the car to go take pictures. I put my foot out the car and it was so hot. I, I, I got back in the car, slammed it. I said, I'm not going out. I'm not going out of here. And then when you actually, I, we were in a town called Puff Adder. And um, when you get, and it, it wasn't, the main road was tarred, but the other roads were all sandy roads, right? Mm -hmm. And then as we were driving past, everyone was out of their house and they were all hanging out in the verandas and the patios because it was so much cooler there than actually being in their own homes. And that was so amazing to actually see that. Unfortunately, of course, I didn't walk <laughs> there that day. Yes. It was just too hard. I didn't try that. No. You kind of mentioned a bit about um, uh, about sort of the private game reserve there as well. And obviously safari tourism is something that is kind of quite um, uh, sort of synonymous with travel in South Africa. Um, uh, do you kind of have any recommendations for, for how to like kind of do it ethically and sustainably uh, um, there? I know there's been a kind of a lot made about ways to kind of improve, uh, uh, well, not improve, but necessarily, but kind of like uh, uh, to, you know, do safari in, in a better way. And I know Elspeth has kind of written about that as well in the past. I'd actually like to hear what Elspeth has to say about this because <laughs> my experiences have been, I, I love going to the bush. I love experiencing mm -hmm. what the bush brings. But um, I, I do have a pet peeve because a lot of the lodges are owned uh, exclusively by white families. And um, a lot of the people, a lot of local communities, as they call them, who they try to integrate into these uh, places are literally just the backbone of the company they don't have any um they're not at a very high level mm -hmm. and so um when you talk about sustainability i think a lot of places are trying to do that they're trying to incorporate the environment and they're trying to be green and you know they try to be resourceful uh but then i remember once i went to um a very prominent game lodge within the kruger national park and I was invited there to do a story about the conservation and about rhino poaching. And they were showing us all the wonderful technologies that they have and all the things that they're doing to improve, um, to stop rather, rhino poaching. Mm -hmm. And so I was impressed. I was like, yeah, great. This is wonderful. But then I remember sitting down with one of the, um, I suppose, executives um, or family members who owns this, this lodge. And I said to him, what are you actually doing to bring black people on board as more than just your waiters and your waiting staff and your housekeepers and so forth? And I have to say, he had no idea what I was talking about, mm -hmm. you know, and I was very disappointed in that. Um, as far as South Africa is concerned, I have not heard of one black founded or owned 
Safari Lodge. Mm. Um, I'm still looking. I do know there are a couple outside of South Africa, but I haven't found one. So my, my, the one place that I will talk about that I will, I recommend you go to every place you want to go, but I do recommend that you do your research and find out where local communities are being included in every single aspect of that operation. You know, it's not enough that there are people who are just your wait staff and you don't get to know more about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one place where I, which I really loved, was Kwandwe. I mean, it's in the Eastern Cape. And I wrote about it in another article when I was talking about hospitality and how the Japanese view hospitality as very, very important. And I explained that in Kwandwe, I felt that kind of hospitality and that it came from every single person. And yes, they are doing things um, to be sustainable and to be resourceful. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're also including the local communities in terms of schooling, in terms of it's, it's not just, okay, you know what, for every 100 rand you spend, we'll take that 100 rand and we'll probably, we'll take a dollar from that 100 rand and give it to the local yeah, communities. Yeah. They really are working to bring um, people from the surrounding communities in there. And if you ever look at a safari, and I know I'm sounding very negative, but I don't mean to be. What I'm saying is you need to support those lodges and those operations and those game reserves that are not saying the local communities. Mm. Don't don't make it be at the periphery of your operation. It should be very inclusive and central. So, I mean, I love Kwandwe, like I said. Kwandwe Game Reserve in the Eastern Cape is amazing, just outside of Port Elizabeth. So go there. It's a five-star. You'll have the greatest experience ever. Um, I also loved uh, Savi Sands. I stayed at Earth Lodge. That is also really, really great place. I stayed... Um, like I told you, Tualu as well. That was also a really wonderful place. But also, don't run away from trying to have the experience of just taking your car and going on a self-drive in the Kruger National Park. You know, that's also a really great way to experience uh, the Big Five because that's what most people want is they want the Big Five, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I, I mean, I've been on safari many times on my own, just driving a car, my little car and I just go in there and experience it, and it's amazing. I've been caught in the middle of a huge buffalo herd, and I just was stuck there, you know. And there were also there's so many experiences that you have and that you can have, you know, in the Kruger National Park and also in other provinces. In KZN, KwaZulu Natal, is the Hufuimfolozi, where um, I was smoking outside and. This is in the evening, and the hyena just came around the corner, and I had oh, to wow. run. <laughs> oh, my oh, wow. So, I mean, these are the kind of experiences you have. I mean, or where an elephant, and really, where an elephant decided to charge at us, and it's changed my friend's life forever. She never wants to go on safari again. So, <laughs> those are the experiences you have, and you really should do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Elspeth, I know you've been on safari in, in, in South Africa. Have you also uh, got, got a car and sort of driven around as well? Or? No, we've never done self-drive, actually, which I sort of feel like I probably should at some point. Um, just, yeah, yeah. We've, we've always um, sort of been on tours or whatever. So we've had a guide, which I do find quite useful for pointing out the animals because 
their skills are just incredible like what they can see hidden in trees and grass is is amazing Mm. um but i think the thing is it is those sort of serendipitous encounters where something just kind of walks across you like in front of you on the road and they're the ones that you really remember so when you're self-driving that must just be even even more special Oh, yeah, it is. It's really special. I still look at uh, videos of when we've gone in self-drive and I will literally just laugh by myself in my room. I'll be laughing at all these videos and, you know, I'll ring up a friend and I'll be like, remember that time when you were screaming that we should get away from this elephant? (laughs) So, yeah, it's great. One of the other things that South Africa is particularly famous for is their food and especially wine. Um, so would you recommend visiting any vineyards or doing any road trips to try some tastings? Oh, yeah, you definitely <laughs> should. You can't come to South Africa. I mean, it, you know, most people do go to Cape Town, you know, and they will go and experience the wine tours yeah. out there. Um, I particularly love Boschendal wines, and I've been having a lot of those over the last few months with all the lockdown. Yep. yep. And um, you should definitely go to the. I, I stayed at the Boschendal wine farm, and it was so beautiful. You know, it's not just a case of. I mean, you can you can go and, and you know spend the afternoon there. It's become a huge thing, especially among. Um, I would say the middle class. You know, mm. the middle class in South Africa. They love to go out and spend time on the wine farms. And there's so many wine routes. I mean, there's the Paul wine routes, there's Stellenbosch, um, there's the uh, French Hook Wine Valley where you can go as well. There's Paul. So um, I definitely would recommend French Hook. I went there in winter and it was wonderful. I had dinner at Ruben's uh, um, restaurant and that's like one of the best restaurants in the country. So definitely go there. But then in terms of the wine farms, definitely go to Boschendal. Spend the night there if you can. Go on any tours that they give you. Try all the food. You know what I love about wine farms, though, the most? I mean, the wine is great, but what I love the most about it is when you walk into those little shops and you just see all these little um, creative foods that they've made. You know, they've got, like, pâtés and jams and, you know, all kinds of oils and this mm-hmm. and that. And you just love it. And you just want to spend so much money on everything and the cheeses of course and the chutneys and everything and you're just like I want all of this and you know I'm sorry this is just a little diversion from the wine farm but this is also what you find on the side of the roads you know you get these farm stalls and in the farm stalls you find all these amazing foods and you just want to buy everything so I I would recommend it you know take an afternoon off go and stay um, with your friends there for a few hours drink wine have fun um, get someone else to drive. That's true. Or you know what? You can. It's <laughs> true. But then also you can st- spend spend the night there. There's so many wine farms. Unfortunately, a lot of them have been hurt by the p- pandemic. Yes. Yeah. Um. So the support now would be amazing for them. You know, it would be really good for 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 tourists coming in to support them. Yep, uh, and you know that sounds like a really nice way to support them by ha- having some wine and some chutney. I think I'm I'm sold on that. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds, exactly. that sounds brilliant. Yeah. From vibrant cities to abundant wildlife, rugged vistas to beautiful beaches, prehistoric paintings to cutting-edge contemporary art, South Africa is a country that has it all. 
If you've been inspired by this episode, grab a copy of DKI Witness South Africa to plan your dream trip. Find it in all good bookshops or via the link in our episode bio. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So returning back to present day, let's talk about South Africa throughout the last year and how it's been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Has there been any kind of um, sort of changes by the fact that it's mainly just been domestic tourism there, really, that's been allowed at the minute, right? Well, no, no. At the moment, uh, our borders are open. Mm -hmm. So um, everyone is allowed to come to South Africa. You know, our land borders as well as the airports are all open. All right. So that's a really good thing. The tourism industry definitely needs this at the moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we went into lockdown last year in March, we thought we'd be in lockdown for three weeks. Yeah. Excuse me. We never thought. And then we went into a hard lockdown and the government banned alcohol and has banded three times so far, I think. And the last big one was in December, and that has definitely affected the tourism industry. There's been a lot of anger from the tourism industry, from the wine industry, as to why um, they would ban alcohol. Um, And lots of businesses have suffered. As far Mm. as uh, businesses, you know, I I was reading, I think it's close to 100,000 to 200,000 businesses that have been affected by um, COVID within South Africa and lots of um, iconic restaurants, you know, have been shut down permanently. Mm. You know, the one place is um, that I really feel sad about is the Apple Fugard uh, Theatre in Cape Town. That was, it's an iconic place and that was shut down permanently because of COVID. Um, uh-huh. So at the moment, yeah, we have, we are able to buy alcohol. And that has always been the biggest thing because even when tourists came to South Africa, it was not allowed to be sold at any restaurant or at any hotel you were staying in. Mm. Um, and also it could not be distributed to anywhere. So you, alcohol was not allowed on the streets at all. So that was very, very difficult for the tourism industry. And now that we back open, I mean, we're in level one at the moment. Mm. Um, there are concerns that we will go back down probably to level three or four but we're in level one now and people are taking advantage of it you know they are traveling um i don't i think though a lot of people are scared to come to south africa because of the uh variant that we have here at the moment Mm. so a lot of people are scared um but people are traveling um you'd be surprised at how many people are actually on the roads and 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 funny enough it's a lot more um 
local people who are actually mm. discovering South Africa and wanting to find out what's happening in the rest of the country. Um, because um, a lot of prices have been slashed mm -hmm. when it was too expensive for South Africans to travel. But now the industry sees that they have to make some changes and they've, they've been trying. We we actually spoke uh, spoke before before recording about um, how uh, South Africa's almost almost had two levels of tourism, like those for South Africans and those uh, those from outside of South Africa. And has it kind of like broke down some of those those boundaries in a way in the past year? I, I think a lot of people are definitely speaking about the issues, mm -hmm. but um, I don't think we're going to see any changes mm. um, in the short term. I think we these changes are going to probably happen within the next five to ten years, hopefully sooner, but I don't think it's going to happen now. Um, the reality is South Africa and a lot of African countries cater to non-African communities, mm -hmm. and that's the reality of it. And they make it too expensive for us to travel um, within the country. Yeah. I mean, talking about me, for instance, I travel just basically because I'm a travel writer. Yeah. It's not because I can afford to travel to those ex uh, to those places. I mean, I was looking. I mean, my sister makes quite a bit of money, but I was telling her the other day, um, Richard Branson's place within uh, the Kruger National Park, Ulusaba, the private game reserve that he owns there, uh, they slashed the price by fifty five percent, and it was going for eighteen thousand rand for a per person per night. And that was slapped. That's a price that has been slashed. Wow. And I was like, that's a lot of money. And how do they expect people to travel, you know? But there has been a lot of noise about it. A lot of local people are talking about it and saying that prices have to change. You know, you've got to have a, a, a market that you're catering to and making sure that they can afford to spend there. Controversially, a few years ago, the CEO of South African Tourism, when people were complaining that it's very expensive to travel within South Africa, he said, well, you know what, you need to stop buying all the expensive gadgets that you buy, and then maybe you can travel. So that was very controversial at the oh, time. Man. But yeah, I hope it changes, but I don't think it's going to happen within this year or next year. No. That's really interesting. Um, and you, you did mention that you've been able to sort of get out a little bit and, and travel a, a small bit during the during recent times. Have you have you kind of rediscovered yeah. any or or discovered anywhere new recently in South Africa that you've never been before? No, no. I think I've been to every place in South Africa. <laughs> no, I, I'm lying. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, while I have been traveling in the country, I went back to Old Horns. There's a particular place mm. that I love so much, and I go there every single year. And I would definitely recommend people to go there. It's in Mbumalanga, and um, it's just take a, it's that's where the Kruger National Park is. Yeah. It's in Mbumalanga and Limpopo. But I would suggest go to Mbumalanga and Limpopo, and do it as a road trip. And I always do it as a road trip. You know. Um, there was a friend who visited uh, me from Israel and he wanted to go to Mbumalanga. So we took my car and we drove there and I'll never forget the magic. We were sitting in the car and we listening to all these iconic South African songs. And um, in Mbumalanga, there's a lot of uh, forest, man-made forests, because there's the papermaking companies there. Mm. So you get forests on both sides of the road. And um, I decided, I was driving at the time and I decided, okay, let me just make a turn here into one of the forests. And we did. And we made a turn and he just wanted to smoke. So he got the car, uh, got out of the car and he's smoking. And I'm playing the music and the song was, there's music in the air. And it was just, it was so quiet. 
and we're in the middle of this forest and these tall pine trees and I'm just looking up and the music is playing in the background and it was the most magical moment ever. Wow. And then from there, we obviously drove further on into Bumalang and we stayed in all the, the little towns. I would, I would definitely suggest that anyone coming to South Africa, yes, I know there's Cape Town and Durban and, you know, Port Elizabeth and Pretoria, but it's the little towns you need to visit because they're so magical. They really are. You'll find so much. And the characters are so witty and out of this world, you know. So you need to have fun also in those little towns. And the panorama route in Bumalanga is the most glorious. I, I would say it's, I know people are going to hate me for this. I think it's better than Cape Town, but <laughs> I <Wow>. think so. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned about some of the sort of personalities there of of, of the people outside of like um, in these sort of like small towns. Like, how does like kind of like country life differ in in, in the in those places versus versus city life? Is it just completely different? Or? You know, that this made me think of something that uh, Pat once said to me when we were traveling one of the small towns, and he said to me, uh, "You know, Jabu, um, it's clear that the laws of the country have not reached." the rest of the country because there is no policing or very little policing in the small towns. Basically everybody just does whatever they want to do. And one of the things that I loved uh, or I thought about a lot was um, when there was the alcohol ban and lots of people were complaining that in Johannesburg you can't get alcohol and, you know, in the big cities you can't get alcohol. And then you get people just, you know, on social media and like, yeah, go to Soweto. You'll find alcohol there. <laughs> or, you know, or go to like Hogsback. You'll find alcohol there. Or go to some little town in the crew. You'll definitely find alcohol there. Because it's, you know, like there's no policing. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I think it's actually great because mm. people get to experience life in a very different kind of way. And I think if you want to escape the city, and that's where you should go. You should go to one of these little towns and see what's happening in there, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's, I, I don't know. Have you have you had any kind of experience of that as well else before? No, I mean, I've only been to uh, Cape Town in South Africa. So my experience is very limited, but you're very much making me want to go back. I'm now thinking I need to book another trip <laughs> as soon as I'm allowed, hire a car and just spend a few weeks driving around and uh, seeing all these things yes <laughs> yeah and uh... oh you can come hang out with me Elspeth it'll be cool we can hang out together awesome <laughs> right you're on So hopefully we'll see some positive change this year with the vaccine being rolled out around the world. So let's now discuss, hopefully, and you know, with fingers crossed and touch wood and so on, uh, what things might look like in the future for South Africa. Yeah, so what will travellers find when it's possible to travel to South Africa again? You know, like I said, um, in terms of the travel industry changing, I think that's going to take a little bit of time. So what's, what travelers will find when they do come to South Africa is pretty much what they would have found if they had traveled here two, three years ago. Um, but I think a lot of people don't understand is that we have so much going on here. I mean, Cape Town is amazing. Yeah, for sure, go. But um, 
Punchhook or Punchhook Wine Valley, you know, in terms of wine, it's if you want the best food, some of the best food in South Africa, go there. Go there for the wines, for the food. Um, go there just to experience the people. Uh, come to Johannesburg if you want to have fun. You know, if you want to make friends that you will never forget and be in contact with them for life, come to Johannesburg. Um, we have a neighborhood goods market. Um, we also have uh, lots of other flea markets where people just hang out and drink. And gin has become a huge thing in South Africa over the last year. So people are oh, yeah? drinking loads and loads of gin and <laughs> creating loads of different recipes. And of course, people are now um, uh, creating their own gins, craft gins, you know, and there is a place. Uh, I'm sorry, I've forgotten the name, but there is a place where you actually can go and create mm. your own gin with your own name on it. So that is really amazing. And that is here in Johannesburg. So that's really cool. If you want to go to Durban, you know, I was thinking about it. When I was thinking about this interview, I thought to myself, you know, don't limit it to the cities because we are have mm. nine provinces and, you know, the provinces have so much to offer. I mean, Johannesburg is literally about 60 kilometers from Pretoria. And I'm telling you, it's a completely different world in Pretoria. You know, so um, Pretoria yeah. is more historical place. If you want to experience history and the history of South Africa, go to Pretoria. But then there's another part of Pretoria where people party all night and they hang out. And, you know, in Johannesburg, we speak, a lot of people speak Isizulu here. But if you go to Pretoria, you'll find that a lot of people speak Sutu or Twana over there. And this is only 60 kilometers away from, from where I am right now. Um, and... You know, in terms of Durban, don't just be limited by Durban. But Durban is great because it has great Indian food. If you want great Indian food, go to Durban. You know, if you want spices, go to Durban. But, you know, the thing is, we have the largest community of, of Indian uh, people in, in the world other than India. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, you'll find all these Indian influences, not just in Durban. You'll find them in Peter Maritzburg, you'll find them, you know, in Richards Bay. There's so much to experience. I mean, in KZN alone, sorry, KZN Guazulu Natal, um, you can do so much. Lithuan Folozi is one of the, that's where I met the hyena. Um, and that's one of the places you should go. They have the biggest rhino population in South Africa. And the work that has been put into maintaining that rhino population is amazing. So that's a place you should definitely experience. Um, you know, there's Isimanga Liso um, Natural Park because that's a World Heritage Site. You should go there. There's so much diversity there. You know, they even have, um, at the time, I think, they had a hippo who used to roam the streets. And I did see this hippo. So um, <laughs> that was amazing. I mean, we have, um, at this, I think at this point, we have 11 World Heritage Sites. Um, and we've got so many national heritage sites, you know, and provincial heritage sites. There's so much to experience. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think you should limit yourself to one place. You know, come to South African experience, maybe just Joburg, but come back again because you're going to want to experience more and more and more. So, yeah. it's It kind of sounds like um, uh, South Africa is, is it, uh, you know, obviously not ready right now, but but is such a kind of melting pot of, uh, of of different things different cultures and actually you know the the kind of western stereotype of going to south africa and, and just going on safari um you know hopefully that myth will start to be bust over the next couple of years right in terms of in terms of things to do it sounds like there's so much it's um, there's so much to uh, do. 
Yeah, uh, that's that's one of the things I work at as as a travel writer is to change that conception that there's only yeah. one thing to experience when you come to South Africa or to Africa. You know, um, we have so much to offer. And I remember we're speaking to Bix Ndlovu, and he's the founder of uh, African Bush Camps. He has lodges in Zimbabwe, Zambia, and Botswana. And he was saying, we have so much to offer, but only 3% of the world's traveling population actually comes to the continent. And mm-hmm. why is that? Why are, we, why are we making safari the be and end all of everything? It is, it's beautiful. I'm not saying don't do it. I definitely do it. If, any chance I get, I want to be in the bush. But damn, when you think about the stories that need to be told, when you think about talking to people, when you think about the food that needs to be had, I mean, I don't go out yeah. much, you know, I'm not traveling a lot, but listen, I have Uber Eats and I'm on Uber Eats and every time you're on Uber Eats, you see, I mean, we got a Korean restaurant that's based in Samson that I definitely want to try. So that has been getting so much word from people and I definitely want to try that. I'm trying out Indian food. I'm trying out... Um, Swiss food. I'm trying out Italian. There's so many Italian restaurants in this country. There's African food. And not just African food in terms of what South Africa has to offer, but African food from people who live in Ethiopia, you know, who live in um, Ghana or Nigeria. I mean, I was looking at Ubi's the other day and I see now there's jollof rice and I'm like, I want to taste jollof rice again because I last had it in Ghana. So these are the things I think that um, there's so much, you know, people don't, don't understand that. And they think it's just, you know, we, this tiny little pod and, you know, there's animals on the road and, you know, we're dealing with that and that's not true. You know, there's so much happening here. Well, yeah, I think, I think, um, you've certainly kind of given us a bit of a, an insight into everything that's, that's out there and around. I think, um, you know, what, one of the things that really strikes me, um, about South Africa as well is that people, uh, especially in Europe, keep on talking about like, uh, post-COVID activities of like wanting space, people's new appreciation for walking outside and hiking. And it sounds like there's an incredible array of national parks just waiting to be discovered oh, there. And, yeah. and um, No, yeah, we have yeah, a uh, myriad of national parks. Yeah. Yeah. So um, no, I, th- I think um, I'm hoping that people, yeah, definitely change the way that they travel. And um, uh, you've definitely kind of convinced me <laughs> to travel. <laughs> oh, yes, please, please. Uh, there's so many things. There's a diversity you are not restricted to one thing or one item or one uh, food or one language. You are going to experience absolutely everything depending on where you are. And and, and um, how about like yourself, uh, yourself personally, uh, Jabu, in terms of uh, what's next? Obviously, I uh, know you're, you're looking, uh, sort of not trying to not go anywhere uh, because of your mom and because of some of the rates and stuff, but you have got a shiny, nice new website and um, uh, have been working on a few different projects as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, I'm working on the website. I'm working on it, Travel Africa with Jabu, but I want I want to, exactly like I've been talking about here, I want it to be a place where you get to experience people rather than just the thing. Um, my passion is for people to see Africa as not just a place with beautiful sunsets, um, what is that movie with Meryl Streep out of Africa? That's the movie. Yeah. Which yeah. Uh, I watched it. And yeah. And I don't like that perception that Africa is, you know, just sunsets and wildlife and vast expanses yeah. of savannah land and whatever. That is true. That is beautiful. And it's there. But, you know, the, th- 
what makes this place magical is the people. And that's what I want my writing to be about. And um, I, I want to explore more of Africa in terms of that, in terms of seeing people and understanding people and making sure that, because you, you can't experience the true nature of a place or a country if you're not understanding the people and if you're not, you know, being there with the people. So that's a big goal of mine is to, to do that. And I want to start writing books again. Um, I haven't written in a long time. I haven't, you know, authored a book in a long time and I want to start that. And one of the things I want to do is um, write a book about my experiences as I've traveled in how many countries now? I think it's like 18 African countries. So I want to write a book about those countries that I've traveled in and just the, crazy and wonderful experiences that I've had there. So yeah, that's my goal. I mean, I have a lot on the plate, which I'm working at, but um, yeah, COVID. Yeah. No, we will. We look forward to, to hear, hearing all about that. Um, do keep us posted as and when you uh, get around to the writing the book as well. Um, but for now, um, uh, thanks so much for giving us a, a bit of an insight into some of your world, into um into the wonderful world of South Africa as well. Uh, my God, it sounds, it sounds incredible. It and, um, and, and thanks so much uh, again for joining us today. It's been wonderful speaking yeah, with thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Once again, massive thank you to Jabu. You can find more about her on her blog, www.travelafricawithjabu.com and also on Instagram, at Travel Africa Stories. Join us next time, where we'll whisk you off to another destination. Uh, and in the meantime, please like, subscribe and rate our show on wherever you get your podcasts. Where to Go was produced by the team at DKI Witness and Julia Baker and presented by Elspeth Bades and James Atkinson. For more information about DK Eyewitness, follow us on social media at DK Eyewitness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.